Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne, filling in on this Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and we are breaking down everything you need to know for Thursday, May 27th, in the six-game featured slate kicking off past 7 p.m. Eastern Time on DraftKings. Again, small slate, might have some weather concerns, really going to have to focus on that and double-check that as we get closer and closer to lock on Thursday, but should be an interesting slate. Uh, not exactly a ton of dominant big-name pitchers at the top, so you might have to get a little creative with how you want to spread around some salary, and we will get into that, but before we do, let's talk about Prize Picks, our presenting sponsor. If you head on over to prizepicks.com right now and use the promo code MMN, MLB when you are making your first deposit. You can have that first deposit matched up to $100. So if you're just joining us on this season-long journey through MLB DFS, uh, make sure you head on over to Prize Picks and use that promo code and play some of these guys that I like on Thursday. Let's actually talk about some of the early games on Thursday and uh, some interesting wrinkles that come with those Thursday games. So After rain delayed the Mets-Rockies game on Wednesday, we've got a doubleheader between the Mets and the Rockies on Thursday with the first game kicking off at 12.10 p.m. Eastern Time. It's a seven-inning game, so you have to take that into consideration when you look at a lot of these props, particularly C.J. Krohn. His prize picks prop is five and a half fantasy points, so really not that big a number in this grand scheme of things, but hitting fourth or fifth in that Rockies lineup, a Rockies lineup that tends to struggle on the road, uh, he may only see three plate appearances. Uh, He's definitely not seeing more than four plate appearances. So that obviously has to factor into your decision-making. He's going up against Marcus Stroman, who's had a pretty good season so far. Not a major major negates contact guy, which you would like to see more often than not, but Stroman's had a lot of success. Uh, He's been able to limit the amount of home runs per nine with his high ground ball rate. So someone who I wouldn't say I'm ecstatic about, but someone who I trust given the right circumstances. And these are the right circumstances with CJ Krohn. Uh, If you wanted to get Krohn in the, well, I guess the opposite of an ideal matchup, if we're taking the under, it would be against a right-handed pitcher instead of a left-handed pitcher and on the road instead of at Coors Field. He has just a .077 ISO on the road so far this season. And against right-handed pitching on the road, he's got a 77 WRC+. So there's a lot working against Crone in this spot. I think he goes under 5.5 fantasy points in that 7-inning shortened game. Again, that's a major thing to remember. Uh, We've got a regular 9-inning game between the Pirates and the Cubs on Thursday. Kyle Hendricks taking the mound for the Cubs. We all know the kind of struggles he has had so far this season. Even with some of the better starts he's put together recently, the sabermetrics and the underlying numbers are not a fan right now of Kyle Hendricks, and that's why I like Adam Frazier, the red-hot Adam Frazier, to go over 6.5 fantasy points in this spot. In the month of May, Adam Frazier has a 168 WRC+, plus, excuse me, 163 WRC+, plus in May. He's hitting 375 in the month. So he's been on absolute fire. There's the potential for five plate appearances with him batting leadoff for the Pirates. And Hendricks has struggled immensely 
with left-handed hitters. I mean, he's kind of just struggled immensely with everybody. Even though he hasn't been allowing a lot of runs lately, across his last five starts, he's allowing 8.4 hits on average per start. That's a lot of hits considering he's not going, you know, nine innings every time he takes the mound. Generally, it's about five and sometimes less than five. So teams have been able to get on base against Hendricks. It's, it's more about have they been able to do damage, but getting on base is Hendricks' job. And he's only got to get on base twice, essentially, to reach this fantasy point prop. And again, he's been hitting so, so well. And Hendricks, a 461 Woba to left-handed bats so far this season. Frazier is easily the best left-handed bat on the Pirates. And I think he goes over this prop against six and a half fantasy points for Adam Frazier, under five and a half fantasy points for CJ Crone. Uh, let's now move to that six-game featured slate. On Thursday, on DraftKings again, gets going at 7:05 p.m. Eastern time. That's when lineups lock. Um, as I mentioned, the the top end of this slate when it comes to pitching, it's not a ton of obvious studs. The, you really kind of have to sort through some numbers and and find some angles you like. Um, you know, you've got someone like Steven Strasburg going up against the Reds. The pitch count was a little underwhelming the last time Strasburg pitched. I think that might be hanging in the mind of a lot of prospective fantasy owners. So there's an asterisk that comes with a lot of these guys, and you kind of have to figure out which asterisk annoys you the least. So let's talk about some of these guys. And Dylan Cease, I think, is someone who warrants mentioning uh, on this particular slate. He is $9,200. Uh, For the season as a whole, a 29% strikeout rate and a 14.5% swinging strike rate. That would be the 15th highest mark of the 108 pitchers who have thrown at least 40 innings so far this season. So an elite ability. Uh, Dylan Cease can definitely generate swinging strikes, which pretty much means he can generate strikeouts. Uh, And that, as we talk about all the time, is what you're looking for in daily fantasy. Um, And it's a good matchup, too. Baltimore, I mean... (laughs) They've lost nine games in a row. That's more about their pitching staff than it is their offense. Um, But it's all kind of part of the same package. And so far this season, Baltimore, a 286 Woba against right-handed pitching. That is the third lowest mark in baseball entering play on Wednesday. So they struggle immensely against right-handed pitching. They're about a league average team when it comes to strikeouts. It's, It's nothing like, you know, Seattle or Tampa Bay or anything like that, but they're prone to the strikeout from time to time. And I think Cease, who has really only had two amazing starts, and then he's had a lot of middling starts, um, I think the floor is elevated because of Baltimore. And he's obviously someone who has a high ceiling because of his ability to generate swinging strikes. So I like Cease at $9,200. I also like Chris Bassett at $8,300. We talked about Bassett in a video last week. Um, This is another reasonable matchup. I would even say good matchup against the Los Angeles Angels. The Angels the last couple days have actually been hitting pretty well, even without Mike Trout, but this is an Angels team without Mike Trout. That's kind of the long and short of it. Shohei Otani's great. Anthony Rendon's great, obviously. Um, Jared Walsh is even great, but without Mike Trout at the center, you're far less afraid of this Angels team uh, when it comes to DFS purposes. Uh, Bassett, has scored at least 21 DraftKings points in six of his last seven starts. He's really only had one bad start. Um, The rest have been immaculate. In fact, across his last seven, he's got a 2.40 FIP, a 29.8% strikeout rate, and a whip under one. 
Um, Bassett is not someone you generally think of as a strikeout pitcher. Uh, he's a sinker ball pitcher. He's someone who generates ground balls. Uh, he's someone who works quickly and doesn't walk guys. Like that was kind of his archetype. So to see him have a 30% strikeout rate over a seven start run, it's, it's definitely something that's impressive, but it also is something that makes you go, how sustainable is that? Um, I think given the current environment of baseball, uh, just with how strikeout rates in general are on the rise, I think that's a pretty good place to start when it comes to um, how real is this for Chris Bassett. But it's also important to note that he's got out pitches, uh, particularly against right-handed batters. Uh, he uses his slider about 17% of the time when he's in right-on-right situations. And so far that this season, that pitch has generated a 28% whiff rate. That's elite. That's a great pitch. Uh, and the Angels are a pretty right-handed heavy team. Though Otani and Walsh, uh, two of their better hitters, are left-handed, the volume, uh, especially towards the end of the lineup, is very right-handed. Uh, the Angels are actually sixth in baseball in right-on-right plate appearances coming into Wednesday. So I think we're going to get a lineup from the Angels that features six or seven right-handed bats, and that's really going to play into Bassett's hands, and it's really going to play towards his ceiling. Uh, so Bassett's pitching really well. I'm not really afraid of the Angels. Again, 292 OBP their last 14 days. They're all right, but nothing special. So Bassett at 8-3, a little bit more expensive than we got him last week, but I am still willing to buy back in. Uh, speaking of price point differentiation, Alex Wood. Let's get into this. Alex Wood is $6,900, nice, uh, on Thursday's slate. You'll remember, or maybe maybe we've all forgot, and I'm just insane, um, but Alex Wood had this exact same matchup on Friday. He's facing the Dodgers again, and I know some people don't like it when a pitcher faces the same team two times in a row. That's understandable. But Alex Wood on a, a, a Friday slate, a jam-packed, I believe it was a 15-game slate, there was no shortage of decent pitching on that particular slate. He was ten grand, and he pitched fine. He had like 17 DraftKings points, but in real life, he pitched perfectly fine. And now he's $3,100 cheaper on a much smaller slate with much more questionable pitching? I just don't understand this at all. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of reasons to like Alex Wood. I mean, Alex Wood for the season, his expected ERA, his expected FIP, uh, his regular FIP, they're all under three. He's got a 13.1% swinging strike rate and a 60% ground ball rate. Like, he checks a bunch of boxes. He's been great. The Dodgers have also struggled against left-handed pitching. They've got a 140 isolated power against Southpaws. That's 25th in baseball, so nothing to write home about. There's a lot of reasons to like this matchup. I mean, they're the same reasons people were paying $10,000, justifiably so, for Alex Wood on Friday. So I just don't understand this at all. And this is a situation where, even without me going through the numbers, just based solely on the price point drop, Alex Wood is viable, so I, I think they're, I mean, I don't want to say DraftKings is doing you a favor. Uh, sometimes things that are too good to be true tend to turn out to be too good to be true, but again, I just don't understand this. Uh, Alex Wood's been fantastic this season. Uh, he was good in this matchup the last time he saw the Dodgers on Friday, and I don't understand the price drop, especially one of this magnitude, so I would say Alex Wood is definitely one of my main pitching targets on Thursday's slate, so let's get to some stacks on Thursday. And let's do two. We'll do the obvious stack, and then we'll do the sneakier stack. Uh, the obvious stack, we talk about this all the time. The White Sox are getting a left-handed pitcher, and that left-handed pitcher is Bruce Zimmerman, who has a 6.12 expected ERA 
and is allowing 2.09 home runs per nine this season. So just in general, it's great to play the White Sox against a lefty. When said lefty is Bruce Zimmerman, you're going to want to get some White Sox into your lineup. Um, I don't know how many more starts Bruce Zimmerman is going to make for the Orioles. Uh, Tim Anderson's 5'5". Jose Abreu is 5'3". Yermin Mercedes is 5'2". Uh, Andrew Vaughn is someone we always like to single out in this segment. And while he fluctuates from hitting like 5th or 6th or 7th in the White Sox order when they're facing a left-handed pitcher, the results are undeniable. He should probably be batting higher. I don't think Tony LaRusa is looking at too many stats when he's creating these lineups, if I'm being perfectly honest. But Vaughn, the rookie, has a 441 isolated power in about 50 plate appearances against left-handed pitching so far this season. He's been the White Sox' best hitter against left-handed pitching statistically, and that is on a roster full of guys who mash left-handed pitching. So Vaughn comes in at 2,500, and he's now also got that outfield eligibility, which is key because on early slates back in April, you couldn't play he and Abreu in the same lineup, and that's you want to play them both. Um, so it's nice that he has that eligibility now, and he really brings down the per-player price point for this Chicago stack. So I like Chicago, and then the sneakier one, the Texas Rangers. Um, I really can't wrap my head around why they're so cheap on Thursday's slate. Uh, one guy in particular, who we'll get to in a second, but... Chris Flexen's been nothing special since coming over from the KBO. Did have a couple nice starts to begin the season, but he just doesn't have a lot of traits of someone I trust. Um, and he's got a 509 ERA so far this season. The advanced numbers are a little bit better, but he is not generating any swings and misses. He's not generating any strikeouts. Uh, his strikeout rate, I believe, is hovering around 13%, which, you know, that's... It's not even just bad. It's like one of the worst marks in the league. 88.3% zone contact rate. If you can't get swings and misses on strikes, teams are going to eat you alive. Even teams like Texas. And Texas has been perfectly fine this season. They're about a league average offense. They're about a league average offense against right-handed pitching. Um, and again, they're incredibly cheap. Uh, you've got Calhoun at $3,000 who is going to bat leadoff in this game. He's got a 116 WRC+. Plus against right-handed pitching. Nick Solak has been one of the better stories for Texas so far this season. He's 4,400. He'll hit second. Then you've got Nate Lowe at 3,500. Left-on-right matchup. He's got tons of power. He's just 3,500. Obviously, you've got Joey Gallo hitting fifth, another guy with tons of power in a left-on-right matchup. But Adolis Garcia is really the takeaway here. Adolis Garcia, who I will remind you, is tied with Vladimir Guerrero Jr., with 16 home runs to lead baseball. He's got a 169 WRC plus against right-handed pitching so far this season. He's $3,600. That just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I guess if he was facing, like, a really good pitcher, you'd have to go, well, oh, this isn't a great matchup. I'm not going to play Dolores Garcia, blah, blah, blah. This is Chris Flexen. And the guy who leads baseball in home runs is $3,600. So I think you can just take the entire top five of Texas's lineup and stick it into a lineup on DraftKings. You're going to have tons of money to play with because they are all super cheap. Uh, and I think there's a good chance they score a bunch of runs on Thursday. Okay, let's get to best bets on the DraftKings Sportsbook before we get out of here. I briefly will mention uh, Chicago. I like them on the run line. Uh, the White Sox at minus a run and a half are minus 113. Usually you get that at plus money. So this is, the odds are steep here, but this is just Zimmerman going up against Cease. I think Cease is a good pitcher. I think Zimmerman's a bad pitcher. 
Uh, and the White Sox, again, lead baseball in WOBA and WRC Plus against left-handed pitching. They're 26-22 and 22 on the run line so far this season. That's one of the 10 best marks in all of baseball. And Baltimore is 2-16 and 16 in its last 18 games. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to lose by two runs, but they lose more often than not, and their bullpen has been terrible so far in May. So I think you can take the White Sox on the run line. I also like the Padres to go over four and a half runs in their game against the Brewers. That is plus 102 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. On Wednesday's video, I tried to talk about liking the Padres against Adrian Hauser, and then the Brewers were like, no, nah, we're not going to start Adrian Hauser. We're going to start Eric Lauer, and that kind of messed everything up. I'm going to just go back to attacking Adrian Hauser. This is not someone who I trust. Uh, Hauser actually, among all qualified pitchers, uh, has a 50.4% hard contact rate when it comes to his batted ball events in 2021. So more than half of the batted ball events that he produces come off the bat at over 95 miles per hour. Uh, he's allowed eight earned runs in his last two starts that span just seven innings. He's walked nine guys in those two starts. There is nothing, nothing positive you can say, in a recent perspective anyway, about Adrian Hauser. And I think this, yes, the Padres are not at full strength. Uh, Grisham's on the IL. Machado's banged up. He hasn't played the last couple days, but... With Tatis hitting as well as he has, uh, with Will Myers coming back into the fold, I think this is a team and a lineup that can definitely score five runs against Adrian Hauser, who, again, has just been get, getting hit hard all season long. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets presented by Prize Picks. Again, check out all the great content we have on the Mayo Media Network for basically any single sport you can think of. And I'm Gary and Thorne, and I'll catch you guys next time.